The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. The two sessions follow on the meeting that I had yesterday with the Prime Minister. I'm focused on one goal establishing a clear and reliable timeline to resume construction of the Trans Mountain Pipeline. The Federal Court of Appeal pointed to deficiencies in the NEB process that need to be addressed, deficiencies that date back, frankly, to the former Conservative federal government. Yesterday, I told the Prime Minister that we remain committed to robust and meaningful Indigenous accommodation and consultation, and that we remain committed to marine safety. But I also said that we and the industry are trapped on a regulatory merry-go-round and only the federal government has the tools and the authority to bring it to a permanent stop. The Prime Minister pledged to me that a clear and reliable timeline to resume construction will be established within weeks, not months. And we have both instructed our officials to get to work immediately and burn the midnight oil on that task. The federal government, of course, has every incentive to do this work quickly because, after all, they not only approved the pipeline, they recently bought the pipeline. And they did so because of what we all know to be true, that getting that pipeline built is in Canada's best interests. My conversations today with task force members and industry leaders were aimed at keeping our foot to the floor to make that case. These folks have been tremendous allies in this fight, putting their province and their country first. And they're keeping the pressure on, providing us counsel and advice and building support across the country for pipeline access. And make no mistake, Canadians are with us. Canadians support Alberta. I've seen that firsthand in my travels across the country talking about the pipeline. And I will continue to take that case to Canadians. I will take it on behalf of the tens of thousands of working people across this country who rely on a strong energy industry, and on behalf of every Canadian who relies on good public services that are supported by that industry and to ensure that in this volatile time, Canada can control its own economic destiny. That's what Trans Mountain is about, and that's why Trans Mountain must be built. So uh, those are my introductory comments, and I'm certainly happy to take questions from anybody. Premier, what was, oh. Premier, what was the mood in the room with the energy CEOs that you talked to today, and what was the message they delivered to you? Well, you know, there's no question the, the mood was, um, I would say, uh, tense and concerned. And uh, the message they, I mean, they, we had uh, some good conversations, but I would say the primary message that they delivered, uh, which is very similar to the one that I delivered to the Prime Minister, is that there is a sense of urgency, that uh, we must uh, find a solution to this problem quickly. We cannot let it uh, just sit on the vine. Uh, we must move forward. This is a matter of of investor uh, confidence, not only in our energy industry, although of course the energy CEOs spoke specifically about how it impacted their uh, investments and their companies and their ability to raise investment funds, uh, but we also, but it's also important to uh, Canada internationally and and uh, to investor certainty as it relates to all sectors of our economy, and so uh, there was a strong consensus on that, and uh, and I think if if nothing else, uh, well, I mean there was a great deal of consensus around the room generally, but the number one issue was urgency and, and uh, they couldn't be more right. How do you, how do you, feel, how do you feel about the Prime Minister's uh, efforts in the last, or lack thereof, 
in the last few days. I mean, you had asked for Parliament to your call. You had asked for an appeal to the Supreme Court of this court ruling. And, uh, and that's for obviously mm -hmm. quick action on this pipeline. Mm -hmm. What is your uh, assessment of how he's uh, dealt with those concerns that you expressed one week ago? Yes, well, uh, indeed, I mean, we, a week has passed and uh, we need clear answers from the federal government uh, as quickly as possible. Uh, I'm not prepared to say yay or nay to their efforts yet because they've not ultimately delivered a final uh, uh, an answer to us in terms of what their actions will be. And so I'm giving them time to make the choice to exercise the authority that they have to get this problem fixed in, in the way that is best for all Canadians. And, uh, uh, but, but there's, and, and, and I will, you know, we've got to be clear here. I mean, uh, this is a very complex decision. It's a 250 page decision. It has, uh, broad implications. And, and so, uh, we have an obligation to be, uh, well advised, uh, uh, with, uh, proper research and, and, and a high level of, uh, consideration before we move forward. That being said, uh, we cannot ourselves, uh, um, you know, tie our tie ourselves up, uh, making um, perfection the enemy of the good, as it were. And we must move forward uh, in a in a pragmatic and um, uh, quick way uh, to make sure that uh, the principles that were identified by the federal court of appeal are honored, but the the need for certainty and sophistication and effectiveness uh, on the part of investors. Uh, by Canada as uh, an economic uh, destination for investment dollars is uh, critical, when and we you, must do that. Well, as I say, we've you know we're we're I'm not going to set a specific deadline. I'm not quite yet there, but uh, what our folks are working with them diligently. We've been brainstorming solutions. We've already taken the time and, and talked to them about several solutions that we are already in the process of developing. And knowing how long it takes for our officials who've been working, uh, you know, not you know, pretty close to 24/7 to get this stuff done, we know that uh, you know you need to do your your homework. But uh, what we are uh, pleased with is that uh, there are a lot of officials that are on this file and we're um, getting increasing levels of responsiveness um, from uh, people in Ottawa about it and I, I do uh, believe that uh, the federal government is seized of this matter they understand its urgency uh, and so now the question is uh, do they act fast enough and in a way that meets the needs of uh, working people across this country fast enough well, you know, there are there are a number of, of uh, tools at our disposal, at the disposal of, of energy officials or of energy companies, at the disposal of Albertans. I mean, there are a number of tools. Right now, uh, I, I'm not quite into the mode of making threats uh, because what we are doing is we are working in good faith uh, with the federal government that owns the pipeline, who have made an investment and have an obvious interest in making sure uh, that it goes forward. Um, so we are uh, currently focused on working in good faith with them to find the best solution that that respects the right of indigenous people, res respects the constitution because frankly 
deciding to not respect the, the Constitution is also a recipe for endless delay, so we must do that. Um, and at the same time, uh, uh, understands the need for appropriate levels of marine safety in a consistent way across um, all industries, um, and uh, ensures that we provide investors and and energy uh, um, uh, oh, you know energy people and obviously uh, working people within the energy sector uh, the certainty that they need. Well, unfortunately, he was not able to make it today, but what I will say is uh, um, there is a, a growing team of lawyers, both uh, within the public sector as well as additional expertise that is being brought in from the private sector of the legal community uh, to give us advice on uh, the best way to approach this decision. And uh, and, and I'm not going to, uh, you know, I, I would be one of one voice in in that team uh, going forward. Generally speaking, as we, when I talked about it uh, last week, uh, we know that uh, we must do the work uh, that the Constitution tells us to do as it relates to um, um, consulting with and accommodating uh, the concerns of Indigenous people. That does not mean that we have to talk till yes. That does not mean that there is a veto. But it does mean a very robust and meaningful uh, back and forth uh, with uh, open-minded uh, efforts to accommodate. And that's something that has to happen. We also think that, in fact, uh, although the federal government was not uh, uh, without fault on this, that they've made some headway on that with the work that they've already done. And that the path with respect to the Indigenous uh, consultation and accommodation is not necessarily an incredibly long one. The issue with respect to the NEB certificate is a little bit more complicated. However, that one, because it's not tied to the Constitution, it's tied to a statute which is under the appropriate authority of the federal government, also is one which the federal government has the authority to fix in in a more timely way, and that is what we're working on with them right now. What are your conditions? What are your conditions to returning to the or signing on once again to the uh, campaign plan framework? And tell me how, how those about the conversation with them. Well, uh, basically, as as you can imagine, they weren't th they weren't uh, um, very pleased with uh, our uh, indication that we would not be part of it anymore. But on the flip side, we said, "Listen, you know, uh, when you announced the Pan Canadian framework, we said it was conditional on the pipeline, uh, and the and the executive council, the governing uh, the governor uh, in council's uh, uh, approval." Um, that's not there anymore, and so neither is our participation in the PCF. The the ultimately, what we need is a path to uh, that is that is credible, that is reliable uh, to uh, construction, a timeline for construction that we can that we can be sure will work, and so that's what we're looking at, and uh, and that's what I've told the the prime minister. So, if you like this roadmap that Mr. Trudeau uh, lays out in a few weeks, you say you could sign, you would sign on. 
maybe, but there are no guarantees. It comes down to certainty. We, on behalf of investors, on behalf of our energy industry, on behalf of working people in Alberta, we need the the certainty and and the investment and and the job creation that this has always been about, and that's what we need. And so, uh, you know, we're going to look at what. Uh, what gets us that and if we are convinced that we get that then we'll be there and if we're not there yet then there'll be more work to do on the part of the federal government not to put too much point on that so the only way that Alberta will go back to the national energy plan is if that if the transplant is successfully built uh, in, in, in effect now we never made it subject to it the building being complete uh, and so that's the whole issue is, is uh, you know how much uncertainty is allowed to continue but uh, but in, in essence, that is it. We've been very, very clear that, uh, you know, the, the economy and the environment, as I've said all along, I mean, I don't want to sound like a broken record. You've heard me say this before, but it's worth saying again. We believe very strongly that we have an obligation to make progress on environmental protection and on uh, combating climate change, and that is a thing that our government is very committed to. We also believe, though, that that has to be done in a in a uh, careful and prudent way, uh, in lockstep with economic uh, security and economic progress. And and in this case, uh, we've said that uh, the construction of this pipeline, the the uh, approval of this pipeline, the message that it sends, as well as the action actual specific consequences of the pipeline itself, those things are necessary in order to grow the economy sufficiently in order to uh, move on to the next phase of the of environmental protection that you would see through the Pan-Canadian framework. In your meeting with the CEO, did they come up with anything they specifically want your government to do? And conversely, did they talk about any of the consequences of what's going to happen uh, if the pipeline doesn't go ahead? Well, you know, I think I'll let them speak to that. I'm not here to, to be their spokespeople. Uh, in general, though, uh, yes, they gave us some good ideas, which uh, which we are um, taking taking back and working on. They talked about things that we can do to, to uh, attract investment uh, to uh, the energy industry while we're dealing with this issue. Um, and they also came up with uh, ideas, and there were some good ideas that uh, came forward in terms of additional strategies uh, that the federal government could put into place to uh, uh, get some clarity on this. So, um, as I say, I'll let them talk about what they're advocating for, but uh, they had good ideas. We took notes. We're putting them in the hopper. There's really nothing that we're not considering. Practically everything is on the table. And uh, in, in the meantime, we are working very closely with the federal government uh, to push them on asserting the authority that they have to get us to um, a reasonably uh, quick uh, resolution that respects the principles. Uh, my concern at this point is that simply following the path laid out by the Federal Court of Appeal without some type of intervention uh, is probably not going to be enough. Uh, it will lead to too much delay. It will keep us uh, imprisoned on this regulatory merry-go-round, and that is not a thing that we want to do. Sorry, when you say that, are you referring to both to each side of the uh, of the, meeting, the consultation side and the, uh, the NEB? Uh, Just the NEB side. Yeah. yeah. Now, the, now the, the, the federal government could quickly act and announce they're leaving to appeal to the Supreme Court. Mm -hmm. That's quick action. But that doesn't get you in no. any way, shape, or form to quick resolution. On that it. is quite true. Um, what was the appetite in the room, in either in the task force room or the uh, or the energy CEO room today? For this, uh, for uh, a court of, Supreme Court appeal, 
And where are you on that? Have you moved off your uh, mm -hmm. Well, you know, our, our view is this, is that, um, you know, the, uh, the we, we think that they should appeal. Uh, we don't know necessarily, I mean, there's a chance that the appeal uh, could bring about a, a, a quick solution, um, but uh, it's probably not the best chance, quite frankly, of the strategies that we've been looking at. And uh, But in the longer term, it may well be the case that the appeal is necessary anyway, because there's other elements of the decision that have consequences for uh, what happens with other decisions other major uh, infrastructure or or industrial development decisions that uh, the federal government or any government quite frankly might make in the future and so uh, in the longer term there there are elements of the decision that probably warrant appeal again subject to the t ever growing team of lawyers who are analyzing the decision and their recommendations but that's our sense so the appeal should go ahead um, and uh, we think but it's probably not our best tool for the most immediate strat for the most immediate uh, goal that we are pursuing which is the resumption of, of construction uh, in a period of time that everyone can actually hang their hat on and uh, rely on As I understand it, it, as part of that purchase deal, the Alberta government has understood, uh, undertaken to backstop up to $2 billion of costs related to delay. Have your people done any estimates as experts are talking about at least six months to a year of, of delay, perhaps, as things stand right now? Um, what is Alberta likely to be on the hook for uh, in terms of being off of this $2 billion? Well, it, it's a bit premature to start assessing uh, the, the the cost of the delay because, of course, we don't know how long the delay will be yet. And uh, and quite honestly, uh, with, without getting into details, because we, we're not yet at the point where we can release those details, uh, the uh, the uh, role of the Alberta government only kicks in at a certain point. So, And, of course, none of it kicks in until the pipeline is built and the first uh, bit of oil actually floats. So none of that stuff kicks in. So um, that's a critical thing. It's very much a hypothetical at this point. As I've always said, it's up to $2 billion. I know that it will, you know, it is always going to be value for money. There's not a question about that. It will be value for Alberta uh, taxpayers, Alberta citizens, uh, if that happens. But uh, to be clear, uh, the, you know that's the outside amount, and uh, but that's a long ways down the road, and and I don't think we're um, at the point of thinking that we're close to that amount yet. You've been listening to Premier Rachel Notley discuss pipeline expansion uh, out of Calgary this afternoon. She had met with her market access task force today, which was a, a team assembled to provide advice for getting Alberta's oil and gas through pipelines to Tidewater. She also met with the um, members of the Canadian Association of Petroleum Producers. Uh, she was asked right off the top or talked right off the top about uh, her meeting with the Prime Minister uh, just just uh, yesterday, and um, she says that they remain committed, that they are uh, unfortunately trapped, and this is what she told the Prime Minister, that they are trapped on a regulatory merry-go-round that only the federal government can fix, hmm. and the federal government needs to get fixing it. She says uh, Trudeau said um, things will get going within the next couple of weeks. What those things are, we don't know yet. What What is the next step in this? We don't know yet.
from the federal government side. Yeah, you know what? I have a slightly different take on this. Maybe we should take a break, get it out of the way. Um, always happy to hear from you at 6.30, 6.30. I, I have a slightly different take. All right, Jalen Nye. So we just listened to the media availability, Rachel Notley, our premier, talking about her meetings with uh, Justin Trudeau, our prime minister, of course, with regard to the pipeline and its construction. And it was near the top of that conversation Mm. in which she said, and probably the most significant piece of information to come from that particular presser, um, she said that they would have a firm schedule or she's been promised to have a firm schedule for returning to construction within weeks and not months. So not to get back to construction, but a schedule within weeks with a determination when we'll get back to construction. And I know it's been uh, suggested before in the last 24 hours, 48 hours, that that might be this winter. Okay. I, I want Here's my different take on it. And I, I want you to just, just think about this for a second. So we're going to have a schedule for when we may not like what the the answer to that is but we're going to have a schedule for when right so we're going back into construction hopefully it's sooner rather than later so just put that in the back of your mind for a second now keep in mind if you google trudeau this pipeline will get built you'll find dozens of quotes from different occasions and different times where Trudeau says this pipeline will get built. So now put that next to that last statement. So we know this pipeline will get built. Our premier, our prime minister tells us so. The pipeline will get built. Our prime, our premier, Notley, says that it's only a matter of weeks, not months, before we know exactly when that process Because that's starts. what Trudeau has told her. Right, because that's what Trudeau has told her. Now, we want to make sure that we do robust and careful and prudent were words used by our premier consultation with indigenous groups mm-hmm. why our prime minister has already told us the pipeline is going to get built our premier has just told us that within weeks we'll know when it's going to get built if we've decided as a country or a province that we're building a pipeline what is this exercise we're doing because if you're going to follow the 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 recommendations that came out those are the recommendations for the neb got it but it's going to get built so start building so whatever the recommendations are, whatever the consultation is, whatever the process is... don't wh- get that little ticket that says you can start building until then. They need to change whatever, cross whatever T, dot whatever I. They need to introduce whatever legislation they need to do, whatever it takes. And they're all a lot smarter than me and know how this system works. If ultimately you're saying no matter what, it's getting built, then don't wait. Start building. Even if you start building just in the areas where the consultation mm. was appropriate and, well, and prudent. Well, there's and, talk about that, right. yes. But and, maybe need that, to, and maybe that is what they're talking about. These men and women need to go back to work. And we need to get started on this. Because every day that we delay construction is another day that our product doesn't get to Tidewater. Mm. And, it, and it's long overdue. Judges. Well, you know what? Listen, our prime minister said it's happening. So what more do we need? The, the prime minister needs to get his crap together and get moving on this one, and they have to figure out how they're going to do it and do it quickly. Well, but apparently they still have to follow the rules and regulatory sure. process, which they've said all along is broken. If ultimately we're building a pipeline, then get going on it. And rather than have our prime minister stand and tell us the pipeline's going to get built, why doesn't he go talk to those judges you just mentioned and tell them the pipeline's going to well, get built? Well, it's not necessarily them that they need to be talking to, though. Whatever it takes. We're, none of us are MPs or politicians, none of us know what form they forgot to fill out, but whatever form it was, fill it out. 
Let's be done with this. One way of thinking about it. The 4 o'clock news with Eileen Bell coming up on the other side. Don't forget, we'll have uh, Morley checking in with a look at sports, your business numbers, and your word of the day. The 6.30 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad.